0: it's important we look at the facts why why
1: Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared
0: I believe in independence and he clapped like a seal hello and welcome back to Planet Hollywood. I'm Paul Hutchin political editor of the Daily Record joining me this week to chew over the big political events are John Ferguson who is the political editor of the Sunday Mail and Douglas Dickey of the Scottish Daily Express. Now, let's get cracking. I think that the big story just now is, of course, the suspension of Fergus Ewing from the SNP group. Um, Fergus Ewing's been an MSP since 1999. He's been a Cabinet Secretary, um, but he's been disciplined for a week. And the reason for that is that he voted for a motion of no confidence in Green Minister Lorna Slater effectively siding with the Tories to bring down uh, a member of the government. And I think it'd be fair to say he's had a decades-long grievance or grudge against certain aspects of green politics. So this is the the, the, the big issue at Hollywood just now. It's the one that everyone's talking about. John, starting with you, I, I mean, I think that the one-week suspension was a foregone conclusion. I think that the SNP leadership always had the votes how do you
1: see it panning out from here on in? I think, I mean, for the general public, I don't think they are that that bothered about internal party discipline in, in politics. I think what they want is for their MSPs to speak their mind. And the really the way that this will be settled in the eyes of the public is in terms of who was right and what they were saying. And I think that's where... Um, Hamza and the wider SNP have got a bit of a problem because, on like, of course, Fergus has stepped out of line. You know, he's he's voted against um, one of his own party's government minister or one of, a, a government minister in his party's own government. But he'd, uh, like that would have come as a massive surprise. He'd been outspoken in his criticism of Lorna Slater, and the problem for the SNP P here is that probably most people agree that Lorna Slater has been a pretty poor minister in terms of the tobacco, with the deposit return scheme. I think that the wider public probably agree with Fergus on quite a few things. For example, the now abandoned fishing ban in terms of um, North Sea oil development, in terms of gender policy. So the, the, the problem for the, for the SNP here is that the public don't really care about you know, suspend this suspension in terms of Fergus stepping out of line. What they care about is who's right, and mm-hmm. I think most of them probably think Fergus is right. Um I guess we're going to find out in the upcoming well, by-election next week who people think is right in all of these issues. Do you think, though, John? See, it been Labour
0: or the Tories or the Lib Dems, and they were in government, and one of their back benches one of their backbenchers, did exactly the same thing, which was. Vote for emotional confidence. Do you not think that they would have taken the same action?
1: Yeah, I think they probably would. You know, I, and I, I, I think Fergus fully expected to get suspended for a week. If you, I, he doesn't seem that perturbed about it. Um, you, you could argue that suspending for a week is a is a is a weak move, and really, if Hamza Yusuf is that upset with Fergus's conduct, he should perhaps have expelled him from the party, because I don't think his criticism of SNP policy is going to stop because he's been suspended. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think other parties would probably have taken a similar course of action. But th- where that leaves the SNP, I don't think is any further forward.
0: Dougie, just to bring you in, just look at the, the, the future now for Ferguson's options. He could just serve his punishment and go back into the SNP fold after a week. He could sit as an independent for the the next couple of years. Or, of course, he could even defect to Alex Salmon's Alba party. Now, I asked him about that about 20 minutes ago, and he refused to answer
2: the question. What do you think he's going to do? I I think he'll go back. I think he'll serve his suspension and he'll go back into the SNP, at least for now. Uh, I think his comments last night hinted to me a guy who feels he's got unfinished business within the SNP. He obviously feels the SNP is going in the wrong direction. Um, I, I, I need to be honest, this whole episode, it, it, it just it, it's starting to bore me. It's kind of tiresome. I'm getting a bit tired of Fergus Ewan, Um wanting to play the matter. It seems to me that that's what he wants to do. Uh, I think he likes that position of being the firebrand within the party. Whereas if he was go to, uh, if he was to go to Alba, then he would just be one of many who who, who have taken pot shots at whom's a Yusuf. Um, he could sit as an independent. I, I personally think he'll go back now. I think he'll continue to do what he's been doing. As John says, he seems to be quite enjoying himself. And we may well find ourselves um, here again in a few months' time. Uh, probably won't be another vote of no confidence in this later. Uh, as john said i don't think anyone could blame him in terms of her ability as a minister for voting against her but of, 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 of course you know as an SNP msp there's certain things expected of him and one of them would have been to back a government minister so i think he will go back in although it is interesting that he refuses to answer the question um it feels like a, bit of a football analogy he's been linked you know he's been linked with a move to alex Salmon's alba. Uh, he, he'll be a free agent for a week, so, you know, they can sign him up uh, with a transfer fee, so... Transfer, yeah, free transfer. Uh, so, um, if, if he does go to Alban a Bosman, I would be surprised, but, uh, I, you know, rule, rule absolutely nothing out with him, because he obviously, you know, doesn't feel that he's done anything wrong. He, he, you know, he's obviously committed to the SNP, whether he's committed to the Scottish Government is a different thing, so it's... um. It'll be, you know, I don't think this is over by a long shot. What I think is interesting, Dougie, if
0: you go back to Alex Salmon's leadership, he always had this big tent.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, You know, he was a populist leader and he had policies that appeals to people on the left and then people on the centre-right, like business rates and all the rest of it. And so that kept people like Fergus Ewing in the tent. You had people like Chris Stevens, the the sort of socialist MP, um, and they all sort of, uh, buried their differences because there was a sort of broad-based um, political approach there. Now Hamza Yusuf is identifiably on the centre-left. Um, he's taken positions that uh, would probably alienate people like Fergus. Do you think it shows now that the SNP isn't that big tent? That they're they're more ideologically narrower than they than they were in the
2: past. I think it shows that the the SNP leadership is whether the SNP is a party as. I mean, we've seen it at the at the leadership election, you know, forty-eight percent. Once Ash Reagan, I mean, I've no idea why she even ran, but once she was kind of you know 48 percent going for Kate Forbes, she obviously represents that kind of Fergus part of the of the party. But certainly, I, I, I mean, not just not just Humza. I think I think Nicola Sturgeon kind of started this. She started this mm. kind of move towards you know very much a centre left. Party um, and whom Youssef is obviously taking on, but the leadership contest showed that the membership itself is maybe still quite split, and it will be interesting to see if some people, you know, see the direction that the leadership is taking. And I mean, we've seen it elsewhere with the SNP that, that you know, on, I know we'll come to this on you know, North Sea oil and gas. We've seen those splits there as well. Um, you know, people in the northeast maybe not as Angry about, you know, oil fields as those in the central belt. So, um, but Hume's the use of certainly does want to, you know, take that narrower, um, you know, stance than you know certainly Alex Salmon did.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like moving on, John. School strike. This is affecting a huge number of people across Scotland: parents, pupils, um, say staff uh, who are taking industrial action. Just to sum it up. Um, it, there is a big dispute between the unions and council chiefs on council pay um, and as a result of that dispute, it's the school staff that have been taken out, they're the ones who've walked out this week for three days, um, that's the, the unison members. Now, some strikes have public support, others don't, and the facts of any industrial dispute are always different. What are your thoughts, John, on whether you think the public are behind this one, uh, and whether they have sympathy for the striking workers?
1: Yeah, I, I think that this is a big problem that's not going to go away. Last year, we saw round after round of strikes and threats over strikes. This, obviously, this is happening because inflation is running, has been running above ten percent at times. Pretty much, everybody has seen their real wages fall, everybody feels that they've got a, a moral right to fight for at least sustained wages and um, the, the government in Scotland and at the UK level has um, shown that they are willing to bend in the face of a strike threat. So I don't think it's surprising that this is happening. I think that this is going to go on and on into the next couple of years. Um, in terms of public support for this particular strike, it's, it's an interesting one because, arguably, you know the, these workers are probably some of the lowest paid um, that, that, have, that have threatened or have gone on strike in recent rounds. of have obviously like junior doctors threatened to go on strike, nurses, or teachers. Um, these are all professions that are higher paid than the, than the. the In the main than the the staff that are threatening to go on strike now, so I mean I think that they've uh, they've got a a good case that they deserve more. I think if public opinion is starting to weigh on this, it's just it's 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 not because of this particular cause. It's just the the build up of these actions and parents genuinely feeling that this is now going to start having an impact on their, their children's education. So, you know, I don't think that there isn't support, but I think that people are genuinely worried for public services. Dougie, see, if you go back to the
0: the strikes last uh, autumn, last year during the Edinburgh Festival when the the rubbish was piling up, there was no doubt that the unions were united um, on that. There might have been some differences behind the scenes, but they did present a united front. This time, though, in terms of the school strike, it's unison that are pushing ahead with the walkout, um, while the GMB and Unite suspended their strike action and put it to their members, which, you, which unions have also done. What do you make of the the, the tensions between the unions on this particular issue?
2: Well, <laughs> um, it obviously shows that you know they're not all on the same page now. Unison obviously feel, you know, they didn't even put it to their members. Um, maybe they felt they had. I think they I
0: think we are putting it to the members. I think the difference is that Unison um, didn't suspend their strike yeah.
2: action. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I they, they yeah. didn't suspend the strike action. I think it showed maybe they felt they, they'd kind of gone too far. You know, they, they, they kind of committed too much to it. They might have thought it would be a sign of weakness. They obviously want to show, you know, local, local governments that, um, that, you know, they mean business, that they're serious about this. Um, it, 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 it's obviously really damaging for kids' education, although I was spent the weekend with my young niece and she didn't seem too perturbed about it. Um, so it's hard to see maybe how they, going forward, if this were to happen again, you know, is it going to be harder for them to kind of present that United front, uh, as you say last year, it was very much you know right across the board. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's a t- you know time will tell thing for Unison whether this turns it to have been a tactical mistake or whether uh, you know it's something that helps them get get the deal they want. They've obviously seen the government bend at times. You know, the SNP government always seems to find a few million quid on the side of the. So far, to, um... I'm not sure
0: they're going to do that this time. I, I think that you know the, the phrase that Cosla used, best and final offer, I'm not convinced there's going to be more. Because I think that Cosla and the government will probably use these union divisions to their own advantage. Um, I mean, my, my analysis of it is that the GMB and, and Unite are more favourable to this because they see it as a quite a good deal for the lower paid ones, the lower paid workers. Now, Unison do represent lower-paid workers as well, but they also represent the sort of managerial class and the, the ones um, maybe described as middle-income earners. I think it's it's them that they're holding out for. They want a bit more for folk who are on, like, 40, 45 grand. And I just feel like Unison are a bit isolated on that front. If all three unions were singing from the same hymn sheet, then the Scottish government might feel compelled to come back to the table, but th- it just feels different to me compared to this time last year. What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, it's definitely... It's, it makes people think twice, doesn't it, all the unions aren't united in fighting for the, the same thing. I think that the government could probably see that. And, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the deeper issue here is that there genuinely isn't very much money, Mm. about to pay for these things and um but whether it's you know i think that that is going to be the biggest driving force and the and because i say we just we can't go any further
0: what do you Dougie, do you think that trade unions popular in scotland do you, do you think that um they carry more public support than south of the border or do you, do you think
2: it's pretty much standard throughout the uk i think it's pretty standard i think maybe Opposition to them south of the borders maybe a wee bit more pronounced. Um, I think on the whole, you know, especially especially during a cost of living crisis, I think everyone believes everyone else should be getting you know paid in line with inflation. But obviously, it's not always possible, but um, I don't think the support is much different. From here to, here is maybe in England and Wales but I think maybe the opposition to it down south I, I, I think if you you know we're obviously taking it from a kind of centre-right position I think this, the Scottish Tories are maybe a wee bit softer on on yeah. unions and you know the UK Tories uh who are obviously you know want to bring through this um anti-strike I suppose it's been called legislation so um I think uh I think people do, you know, on the whole, but it's often easy to support strikes that maybe don't impact you on a day-to-day basis. I'm, I'm not sure. Someone who's got three kids running about the house right now might, you know, would agree with that. Uh, And ultimately, though, you know, those are the people that kind of pay the price for it. At the end of the day, it was the same with the bins last year. It was, it was. You know, a bit of the government's fault, a bit of causes fault. But I think people were all, you know, were also getting a bit fed up with the, you know, the rubbish piling high, and they were just like, why, you know, can they not just come and clean this up? I, I think ultimately people support strikes when it doesn't really like impact on them. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to train, you know, train um, wasn't strikes with ScotRail, but you know, working to rule, no overtime and stuff like that. You know, I think I think they lost the sympathy for that pretty quickly, and um, I think if this continues. And you know, especially parents who are suddenly having to deal with uh, you know absences from school, uh, they might see that uh, they might see that support swap away.
0: I feel like over the last eighteen months, the unions have actually had some pretty good results um, in the public sector. Um, you, know, you go back to to last August; they really used the leverage and used the muscle. I'm just not convinced that Unison will get the result they want this time. I just feel like these divisions um, will not be to their advantage. So we'll see how that goes. Um, moving on, John Rosebank. Um, I mean, where do we start with this? Uh, the Tory government has basically said that um, you know they're, they're in support of this new oil field. Um, it looks like it'll, it'll get a license before the general election, I think. This has created a massive row because of the link between fossil fuels and climate change. It's been described as irresponsible climate wrecking. Um, What's your view on this?
1: It's a really interesting issue because it gets right to the heart of the things we've been talking about earlier in terms of um, where the SNP are now vis-a-vis someone like Fergus Ewing and whether that's in line with what the, the public think. Um, if we go back to the referendum in 2014, remember people sort of talked and it was always treated like a conspiracy theory that there was this huge oil field off Shetland with 500 million barrels of oil in it and this would mean that Scotland could have an incredibly rich and prosperous future as an independent country. Um, this was poo pooed by the um, unionist parties. Now we're in this crazy position of having a conservative government who are saying, "Let's drill this oil out. Let's create loads of jobs and tax revenue from from this resource that we've got in the North Sea." And the SNP are saying, "No, we think we should leave it in the in the ground to save the planet." Um, now, whether that's right or wrong, ethically is one thing, but what it's really going to be, the, the real question is what do the public think about that? We were talking earlier about whether the SNP had become a more intolerant sort of centre left party or not. And I think that they really, the big change that's happened in the SNP is that they have really embraced the... Um, a, a green agenda and you can see this running through a lot of their most controversial policies and the thing about that is that rightly or wrongly you've got to ask yourself do the public broadly agree with them i think we know that they don't you know the, if, if it was the case that they did then the green party would be winning elections in scotland not the smp so I, I just i, I think If you look at the statement Alex Salmond put out yesterday, that would have been pretty much what the SNP would have been saying 10 years ago. He said, look, it's crazy to ignore this. We're going to be taking in oil and gas from other countries for the foreseeable future. Let's have our own industry and let's be a leader in decarbonising that industry through carbon capture and storage and electrifying Oil rigs and all the rest of it. Now that I mean the science and that may not be entirely proven, but that would have been the line that the SNP would have been taking seven, eight years ago, and it would have, or well, maybe ten years ago, and it would have pacified people on both sides of the of the debate. Um, this what we have now is that we go over a very hard line. If you like green. Um, Policy agenda and it's it's it's. Is, questionable. It, is it a hard
0: line? Is it a hard line green agenda?
1: Well, well, yeah, I think from the point of view that if you go into the northeast of the country, people say no. This, is the, I think that the, the whether you like it or not, people are um, people want to solve the climate crisis until it gets to the point where it's possibly having a really big and detrimental impact on their lives and yes. people in the north east will feel that it is and i think that you know if you if what you're saying is this involves running down the country's biggest industry i like think generally you know people have have got a memory that the people view scotland's oil industry as being a very key industry to scotland's economic prosperity so it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough ask to say, we think we should actually run that industry down and that maybe this new green economy will take off. That is, that's, that is a pipe dream at the moment. The oil industry is a real thing.
0: Dougie, see, if you look at this from the Tories' perspective, do you think that they are doing this primarily for reasons of economic
2: security or electoral gain? Probably a little bit of both. Of course, economic security would 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 also be bring electoral gain. Um, I think I think they know that. I think John's actually right. I think I, I think the public um, on the whole don't have a problem with Rosebank. Uh, I, I, I listened to Chris Packham on the radio earlier today. He's obviously a bit more uh, you know sceptical of it. Shall we say to be polite, but. You know the people coming on after him are just—you know—he's talking cobwebs. He's completely out of touch. He doesn't know, you know, what what life is like um, in the real world, and uh, and I think that is kind of the point here. You know, I think this just transition—they call it—I I don't think people really understand what it's going to entail. I don't even think those who you know are really pushing for it understand what it's going to be. Uh, you know, what it's going to entail, and it's going to be the people as ever, you know, at the bottom of the rung, who suffer the most. Um, So I I, I think it's maybe aimed at those kind of working class voters who, you know, Boris's Boris's vote back in 2019. It's certainly directed at them. Obviously, if it helps, you know, improve the economic outlook, then, you know, that's an election boost as well. Um, It's. You you reference just to cut in for a second there, Dougie. You reference the real world,
0: but surely the real world includes the impacts of climate change, which are fundamentally driven by fossil fuels. You've got in other parts of the world which are becoming uninhabitable, and you're absolutely
2: fires, floods, droughts, everything. I think I think you know I, I absolutely agree with you, but I think it comes down to what I alluded to a few minutes ago. You know, here in Britain, it's slightly, you know, hotter summers for a couple of days. You know, people, you know, they maybe don't see the impact of it properly elsewhere. There's also this feeling, of course, that, you know, while we've got China, India, Russia pumping out all these pollutants, that, you know, we we might be urinating into the wind, I'll, I'll use the politer uh, the term, um, and I think you can see, you know, it's, it's, I mean, John said that the SNP want to keep it in the ground. I'm I'm, I'm not sure that's entirely true with all of them. You know, we've we already seen Dave Dugan within minutes, so whom's the Yusuf of uh, criticising it? Dave Dugan comes out. I mean, I thought it was quite an admission from him that he thought because he can't stop it, he's not going to bother doing anything about it. Um, I don't know if that's what you, know, what you want to hear from an elected politician, but um, it, it, it's just, I mean, my, you know, we're, we're probably doomed anyway, so we might as well go out with some comfort, you know. So, um, uh, it is, it, it, it's such a hard one. It does go it does go across party lines as well. You've got like, Tories who are angry about it. Uh, I know Zach Goldsmith spoke out about it this morning. So, um, it, it, it's something that goes across party lines. I think Rishi Sunak has seen which way the wind's blowing in it from the public's point of view. And, um, you know, that's, that's, part of you know part of the decision, part of why he's, you know, made that made that decision.
0: All right, let's wrap up. Uh, comrades, good week, bad week. Let's start with you, John.
1: So I think it's I think it's been a bit of a PR disaster for Hamza Yusuf having you know, penciling in the um the disciplinary action for Fergus Ewing a week before the by election. Always going to be something that had the potential to backfire. It wasn't going to It wasn't going to pass off as a huge victory for the SNP. What it's done is it's made the party look uh, split and um, and and at war. Um, so I think that's and, it, and it's highlighted all of these really contentious policies. Um, so I think it's been a bad week for Humza getting into that by election. The by elections. You know, going to be the thing that will probably settle this the argument in terms of who's right on that, or that's how it will be viewed. I think be a good week, reversely, for Fergus Ewing. He's, I don't I think the idea that he enjoys being a rebel's a bit strong, given that he's someone who's spent a lifetime in the uh, in the party, towing the line. But he's, it seems to me that, rightly or wrongly, he genuinely feels. That he needs to speak out in this because it's you know he, he, he must speak in the interests of his constituents. Um, he's he's clearly decided he's going to do that, and he doesn't he doesn't want to um go out with a whimper. So he's he's like the guy who's getting all the attention now, and he, he seems to be quite enjoying it. I don't think he's going to go away.
2: Fair enough, Dougie. You uh, bad week. I've went for. Katie Loudon, the SNP's candidate in the Rutherland and Hamilton West by-election. Funny enough, um, prior to this week, I thought she, she she was actually having quite a good time of it. I think the Labour campaign's been really uninspiring, but she seems to have um, bone it, it quite a bit this week. She's kind of woolly on council tax rises. She's woolly on the prospect of a congestion charge for her constituents going into Glasgow. She let the cat out the bag in an interview the other day when she said she would always follow the SNP's line, even if it's detrimental to, um, you know, Rutherland and Hamilton West. And then she was reduced uh, yesterday to putting out an open letter to Labour Labour supporters in Rutherland and Hamilton West to effectively lend her her vote to send a message to Keir Starmer. Uh, I've got to say, my, my teeth hurt reading that. It was so cringeworthy um I, I i just i think that's a sign of somebody who's desperate who knows and, and funny enough, again a few days ago if you would asked me who's going to win in run on hamilton west i would said labor probably will win but i think it's going to be a lot tighter than people maybe expect it to be uh, i think that was a sign that maybe the smp uh, you know the messages are getting in the door suggest something different and as if just to just to confound her misery, I'm told it was a Huston's event in Rutherland today, uh, which we we attended, and I'm told that while she was trying to make a point, a paper sign fell on top of her. So it's not been a uh, <laughs> it's not been a, a wonderful week for 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 Katie, and I suspect next week's not going to be a great one for her either. For good week, I've gone for Megan Gallagher, the Scottish Conservatives' deputy leader. And Scottish Express columnist, make sure you pick up your copy at the what weekend. A, what a Give it to your yeah. columnist <laughs> to, to hear to, uh, to, to, read, to read Megan's thoughts. So she's she's brought forward legislation that would make it uh, a specific crime to vandalise or damage war memorials. And I think it's going to be one of those rare moments where um, Holyrood is is more or less united. Uh, I think she's, all, yeah, she's already got cross-party support for, her, uh, for it, and I think it will cement her position as a bit of a rising star uh, of uh, off the Parliament, and I'm sure, I'm sure we all wish her, wish her well with that. And uh, Yeah, so it's been a good week for her.
0: Okay, I think that's It's pretty much done. Um, obviously, next week, as you both mentioned, the big issue is going to be the rather Hamilton West by-election. We're going to get a result after what it's felt like maybe the longest campaign in history. So we will have a special um, Planet Hollywood after the result comes in. Um, and I hope that uh, you all can can tune in and watch that. So thanks again for following us. It's important we look at the facts. Why, why? Douglas
1: Ross is sounding pretty scared.
0: I believe in independence. And
1: he clapped like
0: a seal.